The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Straightforward. He has no experience of English football. He's come from Japan. He's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. And, and I'll tell you honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Oh, I'm not one of, of the bottle. I'm a, I think I'm a special one. I have to. Hello and facts. welcome back to this week's episode important. of the Phoenix Five Show. I'm joined again by Mr. David Holland. How are you, mate? You good? Yeah, not bad, mate. Just been clearing out the shed today. Um, had a little break to do this. Um, and then I've got to go back to it and get to the dump by two o'clock. So uh, <laughs> I've made my Sunday really busy when I should be doing absolutely nothing. But uh, yeah, such is life as a 40-year-old, you know what I mean? Yeah, and the football's back as well. Let's, let's dive into modern football first, as we like to do now. Premier League's back, Championship's back. One of my picks from last week made his debut last night for a German club, um, Mr. Harry Kane. That aged well like a fart in the lift, that, that comment last week, didn't it? Quite clearly. Um, <laughs> Honestly, I'm still I did, I, I, sorry, mate. I did say it was a bold statement at the time, and um, there was two main there was two Mancunians that came to my site the other day, um, to do dry riser testing and stuff. So obviously, I've, I've gone straight onto the football with them because that's that's all men have got in common. You hear a funny accent, like, what team you support? Mm. Anyway, they were both United fans, and I told them what uh, what you said, and anyway, they came back when it was they came back on what was it Friday to do another test they went your mate's talking shite <laughs> I know that's the worst Mancunian accent ever because I can't do them but yeah I said that I told them what you said and they were like on the day they signed um, Hoyland um, yeah and uh, they went oh no 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 I said well that's what he reckons and he's, he reckons he's in the know and anyway they come back your mate's talking shite so I said I, I, you know, I have to so I had to agree on that <laughs> he does that a lot <laughs> Modern footballers now going on to 37, 38, aren't they? So even if he does three years in the Bundesliga, goes back to Spurs and Everton or West Ham, or Le- whatever, he only has to score like 12 goals a season for four years to be able to kind of beat the record still. So I, I think he's he's seen that with one eye on it, but he made his debut last night. And I think Tuchel should never have brought him on. Yeah, 2-0 down, you know, with, with half an hour to go and he brought Kane on to be like a loss in his first appearance and to walk past the trophy. He's like taking that Spurs record with him, isn't he? He's like just walking yeah. past trophies, if anything. It's, it it just starts off all the banter, isn't it? I mean, he will win trophies there. There's, there's no there's no doubt about that. I watched I watched a bit of it. I see him come on. Um, I think they were hoping he'd come on, score two, you know, and then bring you know, and, and he'd get the winner or get a hat trick. Wasn't to be. Barely got a touch. But you know, he only signed in the morning, really, didn't he? So you know, yeah. you can't say too much. But as soon as he come on, it went three 0 down. That was it, doomed. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, Tuchel came out and apologised to Harry Kane after the game. I mean, that's <laughs> not a good start, is it? <laughs> but um, I was talking to Alfie's football coach, the Tottenham fan. I can see him doing two years there and then and then coming back, whether he's back yeah. at Tottenham or not. If he's away for Tottenham long enough, he could go to a United or he could go to a Chelsea and it won't be as bad. He didn't go direct, did he, from Spurs to these teams, you know. Um, well, Balwin, so I, I, I can see him do- Black Sherman went back. Klingsman went back. They've got history of forwards yeah. going back. You know, I think did Robbie Keane go back there as well? Didn't he? I'm sure he did. Or Defoe? Uh, yeah, have... I think Robbie. Yeah, Robbie Keane did go back. I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So they have a history of like strikers, particularly going there and coming back. So I could see him going there to Bundesliga a couple of seasons, maybe maybe two, maybe three at a push, and then comes back over to Tottenham. Depends how Tottenham are doing at the time, though. I suppose. But uh, on to other news. Um, the Premier League is back, and your mobs were in action yesterday. Now, I had a text this morning, funny enough, from, from um, Nigel Winterburn because I was saying to him about the Arsenal season. And he thought you were, were pretty shit. 
yesterday. I didn't think he was that bad. I thought he managed the game well, and that was that. It wasn't uh, lightning, but he seems to think he got big improvements to make. He won't have me early doors first game in. I, I, I think uh, I think the scoreline makes it look like look that way. Uh, the first half, Arsenal all over them. Second half, they sort of fell off a little bit. But it was the Arsenal of old in the first half, comfortable. Um, yeah, if you go, go, I think the, the two halves were chalk and cheese. It's early days, you know. It's just happened to get three points on the board. It, everyone predicted a, a four-five nil scoreline before the game, realistically. But it, it looks closer than it was. And then when it gets to two-one, we spoke about this before. It's, you know, like last week on the, the Liverpool one, you know, they get a goal, but it's, it's two nils, three nils are a dodgy scoreline to have. And then. But Nottingham Forest get the, the wind in their sails and, you know, it, it makes it a, a lot closer than it actually needed to be. But Arsenal will improve. We've got new players in there. It takes takes a little bit of time. But the, the most important thing is the three points, really. The, that's that's all that matters. We, Yeah, at home we will improve. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going against Big Nige. I like Big Nige, but um, I'm, I'm not getting too too carried away just yet. It was yeah, it was a good start for Arsenal. I think I've, I think I've messaged you before. I think they've only won. I think at the last four opening games of the season, I think they've won two of the last five. So I think it, it's a bit maybe like don't lose the first game because obviously you start off on the back foot straight away. Uh, I watched the Newcastle game yesterday. Very impressive. Tonoli in 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 the Tonoli in the midfield just looked like he's been born to play in the Premier League. Um, Isaac up front or Isak up front looks phenomenal. I mean, I, earlier in the season, when we made predictions, I thought Villa were going to have a really good season. I still stand by that. I think Umay Emre is a fantastic manager, and I think he'll get them banging on the door. Bear in mind where he was last season when Gerard he took over from Gerard, and how many points he has taken. So an opening day loss isn't the end of the world for Villa. But Newcastle surprised me how how strong they looked early doors. Uh, I still think they need one or two more bodies, but not sure if they'll come in. But they put down, definitely put down a marker. To, you know, to say I, I, I don't, I don't, I think the scoreline was a little unfair on Villa. I didn't feel it was a five-one agreed sort of game. I feel like you know, you lost five-one, but there's a lot of positives to take from that game for Villa. They weren't, they weren't. The they scoreline. Weren't I don't want to say flat as them because Newcastle did play well, but um, it wasn't a five-one drubbing really. When you look at the when you look at the game, um, yeah, like you say, I agree. A Villa, Villa will come, will come good. And then you had, um, I think, the Tyro Mings injury. Really, yeah, that looked bad. Yeah, I think that that was a big uh, factor to it. Really, it's because that, that that happened, and then all of a sudden they uh, it kind of they went off the boil after that, which is understandable. Sometimes you can see QPR got their first win in the season for the QPR fans, um, yeah. which is fantastic for them. Harry Maguire might be at West Ham by the end of this this coming week, which would be amazing for him. What do you think about West Ham? We spoke about last last week about West Ham signings like or lack of. Um, Briefly, and now they're losing. What's the midfield? Is it Pachu Pakaki or something? I, I can't pronounce his name. Yeah, he... I'm hearing him going for like 100 million to see. That's where the hell's that come from? I didn't um... even. 23 games he played last season for West Ham. I I I know they paid big money for him, but I think they paid about 50 million for him at the time. But I haven't I haven't watched loads of West Ham. But what I had seen of him, and maybe I'm wrong, but I didn't see enough to go. Oh, he's he's a you know a player. Do you reckon he's like they've seen him as a sort of a, a replacement for Mares, sort of that type of player? Um, I don't feel like, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I don't, I don't see it. But now, if I'm West Ham, I'm thinking, okay, we may not have seen the best of him, but if Pep's willing to pay 100 million, I'm thinking, are we should we be letting this player go? So, especially in the sort of, I know it's, I know it's more to it than that. The player when the, when Magic City comes sniffing around, it, you know, the player might start down in tools and yeah. wanting to leave. But um, if Pep's seeing seeing a player in there, then He's not. He's, he's very rarely wrong, isn't he? Agreed. But... It's a strange one. He came at left field. As I said, it, it came out of nowhere. And I was like, okay. And it's almost agreed. I think eighty-six million. I think is the fees. So you're thinking, well, two hundred million pounds in two players. If they get Harry Maguire, they've got the um, they signed the Ajax player this morning. They've got uh, Link with McTominay. It's Alvarez, isn't it? Alvarez, yeah, good player. So I think if they spend that money wisely, I think they'll invest quite well uh, in the squad. I know. Well, I, I feel like they're leaving it too late though, because. If they start getting drubbed in the first few games, I don't have 1-1 yesterday. Yeah, and it was unlucky. Yeah, 1-1 one, one yesterday, they were winning, weren't they? Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like they need to get these players in and get embedded in quick. Yeah. Because it's a, it's a long road if you do it too late and then, you know, they're coming into a team that are struggling for confidence and well, this is it why only I takes, it only takes Harry Maguire to make one ricket and uh, 
I think it's... Adam Maguire's a good signing for West Ham. I really, okay. I, I, actually, I actually, I tend to agree. And I did say this last week. I feel yeah. like the pressure of Man United was just too much for him, being yeah. captain of a club of that size. Yeah. Um, he was very good at Leicester. He was, I mean, was, he's never worth 80 million, but you could see no. why people were trying to sign him. Yeah. Um, I feel like when he goes back to, if he goes to West Ham, I feel like he'll flourish there. Probably the same I, as McTominay. Yeah. I've never rated McTominay, but I could I could see him doing a job for, for them. Um, something that they need a bit of steel in midfield. I yeah. could see him doing a job job for them. And we're going to talk about the Roman Abramovich Chelsea. Roman Abramovich Chelsea. So that when he comes into Chelsea, the change of football is made. And really that that did change the landscape of football. Chelsea were bought by Russian billionaire Roman Abramovich, as we all know. But what was we did may not have known, he only paid one pound. Negotiation lasted just 30 minutes as Chelsea were on their knees. They needed to beat Liverpool in the last game of the season to have any chance of remaining in a top club. With financial situations, with bad signings, long contracts, really putting them under pressure. Roman Abramovich came into a room and paid one pound for Chelsea. Roman then ushered in a new era of substantial success. In 2003, his first approach was Alex Ferguson, who declined. But we all know Peter Kenyon decided to stay and take off at New Pastures. In his first season, it was Claudio Ranieri, it was the manager, who was sacked at the end of that season after finishing fourth. His first two seasons, he finished sixth and then got into fourth. And then his losing season, finished second, only to Arsenal's Invincibles. And their best finish in 49 years. Claudio Ranieri was given 121.3 million to spend, which Matt now would just about get you Declan Rice. Their first signings is Glenn Johnson, Jeremy, Duff, Bridge, Veron, Cole, Muta, Smerton, Crespo, Makaleli, Parker, and Roman, as we later went on, went on. And Roman Abramovich later went on to show you if you don't win the league, you will be sacked. So, Dave, what do you remember about this uh this famous takeover in 2003? I remember not knowing a lot about the guy. You know, no one's, it was sort of out of nowhere. That type of money wasn't spent before. Um, and he, there's a story of him flying over Tottenham, isn't it? Mm. In a helicopter, saying, I want to buy that one. And then they said, that's not for sale. And then he just he saw Chelsea, didn't he? And took Chelsea. Um, I can, yeah, I can remember thinking, it's just another, it's just another chairman until we started splashing the cash. And he splashed it instantly. I mean, you them signings that you rattled off there now, Jesus, how much would they be worth now? Um, and he would have paid it. So, um, yeah, so he changed football as we know it now. He, he is the reason that we are where we are today because um, that was the start of it with these billionaire owners coming in, spending silly money. And he's the reason that the financial fair play is now is coming because they've they've had to do that because even though it's wild with the spending, I, don't, I still don't understand how um, how this financial fair play uh, situation works because it, they seem to just spend money willy nilly, regardless. But um, yeah, it was it was like it was it was only really when he started signing players in mass that everyone started to take note and think, hold on a minute. What is going on on here? Um, you got like, you know, like, well. told, I've said you've got to bear in mind as well. You said that the 121 million. The previous record was the two seasons before, I think it was, when we signed for Ron and Van Nistelrooy uh, for about 74 million, and that was get yeah. on two players. Uh, I think we spent four signings that season. Um, record for Ron at the time and Van Nistelrooy. So uh, the change in spending the 121 million, and as I said, the names we've said there, like when you say 121 million now, that is. That's nothing, like, and that sounds mad. That is nothing. You're talking about Casado yeah. going from Brighton to for, to Chelsea for 111 million on one player. They didn't really sign superstars in their first season. When you look at the names I mentioned, Glenn Johnson, Jeremy, no one knew about Jeremy. Damian Duff was a Premier League player. Uh, Wayne Bridge, a Premier League player. For Ron, we managed to palm off onto Chelsea and got 15 yeah. million, which is unbelievable. Joe Cole from West Ham, uh, uh, Muta, Smirtin, Crespo is probably the biggest one, and Makaleli from Real Madrid. Yeah, bigger names. Sorry, mate. Just looking at them, they've basically signed the whole new team on top of yeah. whatever whatever else was there at the time. Um, because Ranieri made a few signs as well, didn't he? He um... they were all Ranieri's. They were all Ranieri's. That, that was. A oh, sorry. Excuse ever. me. Yeah, they were all Ranieri's. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
That's a lot of players to bring in, and a lot of players to bring in and finish second, losing out to the Invincibles. It's not that like they lost out to like not, not not any any less of an achievement, but win the league to you know to Man United in their in their pomp just on a normal season. It was the Invincible yeah. season, like it it has never been done before. It, it hasn't been done since. That's an and and then to give him eleven players and then sack him because he didn't win the league is insane. Like I I felt it's- it was so. It's so unfortunate. It's it's madness because he took as as we all know he took Leicester to mm-hmm. a, to a league title many many moons after that. Yeah, uh, he was a good manager, but this was this was Abramovich and he was consistent. You have got to give him that. Yeah, if you did not perform, you were gone. Yeah, regardless of who you are, like we will touch on some of the managers that he you know that he had, and yeah. they are world class. And regardless, if you don't if you don't perform, you're you're gone. I don't care who you are. And it's a shame, really, because Ranieri, like you said, he finished second league and he got to the semi-final of the Champions League that year as well. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a good season for anyone else. Yeah. But Chelsea, but Abramovich doesn't have it. Like, he, you know, he does not have it. I, I agree. So you've got the first season, he comes in, Um, you know, he's flying over. I think it was Wembley as well. I think he looked at one stage and, and was like, I want to, what's that? And as it's Wembley, it's the National Stadium, it's not really for sale. And obviously the he lands on Chelsea. I mean, buying him for a pound as well is just... I know you're you're not buying the the contention of buying something for a pound is like well you've only paid a pound for it but I know there's a lot of debt so you have to wipe all the debt so I think that the total outlay is, by buying the club was about sixty seven million pounds in debt plus the pound but either way and the thing with Chelsea which I, I always found interesting I really love this uh, I put my power of the fans so when he bought the ground he tried to buy when he bought the Chelsea he tried to buy the ground which he could he could buy but the pitch is owned by the stadium by the fans trust so. If they tried to move, they, they couldn't sell the ground because he couldn't sell the pitch. And I always like that Ken Bates done that and had that in the players' trust because that allowed, even though Abramovich and was a, you can argue his heritage or whatever, good or bad, and how much he spent, he uh, he put money into that club and he didn't take anything out. It was always putting money in, 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 and the fans had a great uh, period of success from that. But I always just find that interesting when he bought the club. And I remember when when. It happened at the end of the season and they sacked him. And he had, from what I'm led to believe, I'm doing a little bit of research, well, the Peter Cech sign and Dillier Drogba signing were ones that Ranieri had already earmarked for the following season. And if we move yeah. on to what happens next, you can understand why maybe he did. The first contact was, for me, very impressive because I found um, persons, uh, I think, with the same mentality as I, as I have. They love football, as I love. Uh, they want to win like I want to win. We have top players. And um, I'm sorry, I'm a bit arrogant. We have a top manager. Porto to win the Champions League has to beat Partizan Belgrade, Real Madrid, Marseille, Olympique Lyon, Manchester United. Again, don't please don't call me arrogant because what I, I'm saying is true. I'm European champion, so I'm not one of of the bottle. I must. I think I must. You know, one. Jose comes in the special one, two league titles, an FA Cup, two league cups in three seasons, a further FA Cup in 2009, and their first league and FA Cup double in 2010. Uh, you, you know, you can't argue the man was a, a genie in a bottle, as he would say, the special one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And I think the following season, with one more window, he would. I think one more window under Ranieri, he would have won the league. Would he have been as dominant as Jose was? Probably not. Maybe you would say, but still, you know, he was given a hundred million, and what a window he had. I mean, if you're talking about game-changing windows, this was their one. I think Czech comes in, uh, Aaron Robin, uh, Dilio Drogba, Carvalho, uh, Thiago, Kesman. And then there was the Russian lad who came in, Jurisic, I think it was from Jurisic. Yeah, Jurisic from CSK Moscow, and that, that was only because I, I think Roman wanted a Russian in the squad to, to be his eyes and ears, maybe. With yeah, the probably. Card. But what they what, also they also signed Paulo Ferreira as well. That's right. Yeah, and I won Paulo Ferreira because he, he, he was in the Porto team that Mourinho had when he won the Champions League, didn't he? So they won. Before uh, they got Mourinho, and I, I feel that I had something to pl- part to play in Ranieri sacking. Really, the fact that Mourinho, although we we didn't really know about him in England, he'd won the UEFA Cup the year before, a yeah. big Celtic in the final in Seville, and then he went and then he won the Champions League the year after. Yeah, um, so I feel that that was probably played into the hands of that was dealt against Ranieri because yeah. 
he's brought in this title manager and yeah, and given him money. I mean, Christ, he couldn't believe his luck. I don't think Mourinho would turn up at Chelsea at that time. So look at that window now then. Let's have a look. How much are you spending now on, let's just use some of them because I'm not going to use someone like Thiago necessarily, but Didier Drogba, Peter Cech, Aaron Robin, Carvalho, those four players alone. I mean, you're looking at 350 million pounds on on free play. easily. Yeah, but you say Drogba. What Drogba's first season, he wasn't great, wasn't they? He was nicknamed Didier Dog Shit and all this other stuff. He didn't. He didn't really turn. But then he came good. And when he did, he was he was some big game player. He was, right. and also not only that, he used to smash Arsenal to absolute pieces. No matter what defense Arsenal had, he used to bully him. He was a menace to Arsenal. I fucking hated him, but he was a good good player. Yeah, he didn't start off that way. Um, right, Matai Kesman. Start. Sorry, mate. They're the slow start. You're absolutely right, Kesman. Yeah, the, the old. Uh, he, he, he flopped, didn't he? He was good on Championship Manager. I can remember that, but um, he didn't. He didn't really do it for Chelsea. Arjen Robin was Arjen Robin was class. He went on to do good things when he was at Real Madrid, and he's just fine. Yeah, Robin was when they signed. I mean, we were linked with Robin that season. There's a because once Peter Kenyon came from United over to Chelsea as a chief executive, uh, not. Not a big, a big loss, maybe, but he was well known in football. So Chelsea made a very shrewd signing straight away. By it's a bit like when Man City took over and they took the Barcelona uh, camp uh, set up and they brought them over to City. Chelsea needed to have someone like that to come in who knew the the, the football around the world, knew how to run a successful club, and then a few players we were linked with in that three year period once they come over, like Samuel Kalou, who no sorry, Jonathan McHale, who we had. Oh signed. yeah, I remember that saga with, with United yeah. and Chelsea. We had signed him, um, but then he went, he rejected him, went to Chelsea, and then there was like uh, a compensation. So we got a fee for him. Um, and, and I never rate you know, John Obi Mikel personally, but either way, it was that kind of Peter Kenyon knew who we were who we were tracking. And Robin was another one. We, we were linked with Robin that season. But obviously, Giggs, for love or hate, Giggs was still in his prime in some respects in that period. So I think it would have been difficult to come in. You know, the one that side we not really mentioned there that we, it turned out to be one of the better ones is Peter Cech. How pivotal he was to Chelsea at that time yeah. was, you know, it, it, it's beyond words. You know, you, we talk about the big the big names there, like your Drogba's and your Robins and that, but Peter, Peter Cech was serious goalkeeper. I mean, he was, I mean, I was I was pleased when Arsenal got him at the back end of his career because he still, he, he had a few rickets, but goalkeepers do. But, yeah. but at that period when he, he signed for Chelsea, he was world-class. He was absolute world-class. Yeah. And let's say, they bought in the right position as well. They very rarely bought. You, know, you had the odd one that didn't work out, and we'll probably touch on that. But you know, the, the players that they bought in tended to tended to work nine times out of ten. Well, I think that goes with the Jose effect, though. I think it was Jose again was very much in that era of you either work for me or you can just go. Like there was no there was no slacking off under a Jose uh, management at that early period. Um, and we spoke last week about Liverpool's triumph and Liverpool and Chelsea, their battle in the Champions League and Jose and Rafa having, you know, dislike for each other. It was the way in which this team transferred, you know, the Arsenal Invincibles the year before won the league with very slick style of football, although defensively solid, but attacking brand of football with moments of genius and just all went together. United's team were very much a counter-attacking team and scoring goals. Whereas this team under under Jose, very quickly, very very quickly in one season. And bear in mind, people talk about when Graham Potter went to Chelsea now and he, with the Tuchel, Potter, and then you've got um, uh, Poch there now. How many players in three seasons? That squad is, has been rotated around so many times. It's a bit like this one. All of a sudden, the season before, you had 11 players come in under um, Ranieri. Then you're bringing another like eight, nine players. So you've got a new squad and there was no mucking around. Although they had a slow start in 2004, but but November they went top of the league and they stayed there, you know they and they nearly took the invincible titles from them in one season only losing one game. Do you know what team they lost against? Who was it? Kevin Keegan's Man City. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they only lit in fifteen league goals and kept twenty five clean sheets that season. And this for me, this Chelsea team was it was as good as United's treble team, Arsenal's invincibles, and City's recent treble team. I think this uh, this Chelsea team is massively not spoken about enough for what they did. In that first season, they dominated the Premier League like no other team's come in. Pep came in in his first season, didn't dominate. Jose came in for those first couple of years. United were always seen as slow starters in the league and then like finishing strong, whereas Chelsea came in and they were just like, bomb, 
and it was like consistent. And you had to start. They started the trend of you have to start the Premier League strong. You can't drop points early anymore. Uh, it, it, they were phenomenal. And I, I am a big fan and advocate of defensive style of football. And he did that to to an, an amazing skill. You knew if Chelsea scored a goal, you weren't really going to come back into the game. It very rarely you're, you're going to get two or three goals past this Chelsea team. It was just so solid. And I thought it was beautiful to watch at times, the way they would sit in the, the deep, defend the lead, and then bomb. One chance, goal, shot. And it, mate, I could go on. I love I love. Yeah, I, well, I think we've spoken about it before. I wasn't a fan of his football. I never have been. Mm. Um, I feel like he's... He, Took the, took the excitement out of it. I, I, I appreciate what he'd done and I respect what he'd done. And I was, I mean, I used to play in defence, so you think I'd like defensive football, but I, I, I didn't like the way they played. Um, again, I, I totally agree. When they went one new up, you knew that was it. It was shut up shop. I just found it, I don't want to say boring because it's not, they had they had flair players. They had players that could, could do stuff, but I just, I didn't like that negative style. You know, they, it was accused of parking the bus, wasn't he? He, he was. Um so yeah, I wasn't I wasn't a huge a huge fan. Do you think it's I respect football, though? Did you find because a lot of the thing with Joseph as it followed his career was anti-football was a lot of people when you had Pep playing tiki tacky football and you know you had a Barcelona at that time playing fantastic Real Madrid very attacking minded. You had United with Ronaldo. This is later on, but that like attacking flair. Do you think that's it's anti-football? You know because oh, no, you- no, I don't think it's anti-football because there's different ways to play the game. Um, and it's different. If, if everyone played this exactly the same, it would never be. It would, you know, you got you got to play differently for different teams you're playing against. Um, so one team plays a certain way, and one plays, and that's fine. Sometimes when they play each other, sometimes the styles blend, and sometimes it's a bit like boxing. So sometimes they clash. But um, it just wasn't my type of football, and he done it everywhere he went. But yeah. it was successful, so you've got to respect it. So I can I can see the plus plus and minuses of it both. It wasn't for me. But he made everyone play like a team. And we we spoke about this on a different episode once about Joe Cole, how how he treated Joe Cole. I I, I felt that he should let Joe Cole be a, the flair player that he was. He should have been allowed to express it. And they clashed. And you, and you rightly said, it's the same. He gets he gets the one player that he, that he sort of doesn't really like and he sort of ruins them. Yeah. He did it with... He, he does, didn't he? He did it with... Yeah. He really destroyed Luke Shaw. Yeah. And he done the same with Joe Cole. Now, Joe Cole... As we as we've touched on before, was the was meant to be the next gets Gaza for England, and mm. I feel like Jose played that out of him by making him track back. Now I understand you've got to play for the team, and that's fine, but he wasn't. If he went on and tried to do something that he was that is the natural to him, he, he, he'd either be pulled off or he'd be ridiculed publicly. That's and that's another thing. If Jose liked you, you you you're in a good place. But if he didn't like you, he would publicly ridicule you, and I don't I. I, some people, it, some people, it gets the best out of them, and some people don't. People's personalities are all different. Do you feel aggrieved at Arsenal's second goal, the manner in which it came about, the quick free kick, the confusion as to whether the kick should have been taken or not? I don't want to speak about it uh, because if I speak about it, uh, uh, if I speak about it, maybe I have to go to the FA for a visit. Maybe I have to stay in the stands for a few weeks. Maybe I have to spend some some money instead of spend money with Christmas gifts. And I prefer not not to speak about it. I have a lot of respect for Mr. Paul. He's he's top referee. I have a, a good relation since uh, before I arrived here in international matches. Before he's one of the best in the world. I, I respect that, and I don't. Want well, this to is where it changed. This is what again prior to this, I don't remember, and I, I might be wrong, but I, maybe in the seventies it might have been different. I don't know, but where it, there was definitely an era where you didn't criticize players in public, and Jose kind of went back and going, well, no, weren't good enough, weren't good enough. And he would come out and criticise players. And you said, was it the right response? Yes or no, you don't know. Should it have been kept in the changing room? You don't know. I mean, it's hard to know. It's hard to know. But either way, I mean, that season, if going back to the season, Chelsea would have made a mark in the Champions League. You know, I think they signed him straight away to, to want to win that. And you've won two in a row, as you quite rightly said. Can he make it three European Cups in a row, which had never been done before? And they made a mark in, the, in that competition, but also for the wrong reasons, because that was the season that Drogba's controversially got sent off against Barcelona. Losing, uh, winning four two in the return leg, and then obviously they went to Liverpool. We went on to win the the the, the cup that season uh, to stop Chelsea winning a historic treble again in his first season. He was so close from having a uh, having a treble, which just goes yeah. to show how dedicated, and how good a manager he was. Oh yeah, that was the ghost goal, wasn't it? We spoke about that last week. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, make it a little bit confused. Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, it was 
it was early on. It was like the fourth minute, wasn't it? We spoke about this last week, the ghost goal. Again, I said last week, I don't know how they give that. So uh, Mourinho had right to be aggrieved uh, by that because there was no touchline technology at that time. And from what I can see, you can't see it crossing the line. So I don't know. But there was plenty enough time in the game for them to come back and, and avenge and, and you know and, and win the game. So it's not like it was the 91st minute and it's happened. It's, you know, you've got the full game with stoppage time. So sympathy for the goal, yes, but there's plenty of time to, to turn that around. So that's his first season. Jose, a very special moment. Who are you on the phone to? Who did you want to talk to first? My wife, my kids. And what did they say? They're in Portugal. They went to Portugal for, for this for this weekend, but they saw they saw it live. And they are happy, of course. They are happy like me. Well, congratulations to you. Your team are now the champions of England. You said you were the special one. Does this prove it? No, our group is a special group. Our group is a special group. They, they deserve this. I think nobody, nobody speaking with with fair and sense can say we don't deserve this this title because we did it absolutely magnificent, absolutely magnificent. The players they deserve they deserve this more than than anybody. But I'm very happy for the fans, especially for fans never champions, so people with less than than 50 years old and. Um, Roman, I think he deserves a lot. Eugene, the people who is with the big boss, Peter Cannon. But uh, this group is, is really special. That's why I, I want to stay with them uh, the maximum time I, I can. So maybe I have to stay more than the contract I have. Maybe, maybe more years. So you'd like to talk about a new contract already? It's possible. It's very possible because my, my heart is with them. You know, and all of a sudden, United are starting to go through a bit of change themselves. United obviously lost the season before to the Invincibles, finishing third. This season, I think they finished, I think finished third again this season, or I, mean, I think it's third twice in a row. So United's Wayne had, had, was pulling back. There was a lot of change in the team. Arsenal's Invincibles were starting to break up, and Chelsea were really showing this. They're serious and a massive dominance. For an Arsenal fan, it must have. Did you think? You was as good as Chelsea at this period because I, I know United weren't player wise, but did you think you could have done more to stop them in that in that two year? No, because I've, I've, we spoke about this before. The Invincibles was the beginning and the end for Arsenal. At mm. the, the starting eleven at that at that first season, yes, I would say they were, but we didn't have the resources at that time. We we could not, and we never could really, is uh, keep up with Chelsea's spending power. Chelsea could attract and pay for the top players that are out there, um, so. When he first came on the scene, Arsenal's to Arsenal's team were, were up there with him, but again, we couldn't compete after that. And then again, it, 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 tra- it transpires that that was the last time that we Arsenal won a league. And um, so, yeah, I, eleven eleven v eleven at that point, yes, but it, it didn't last. It didn't last. When he started going into Mourinho's second season, Arsenal couldn't keep up. Well, no one can keep up in his second season. I mean, his first season, we spoke how amazing his first season was. You know, you, you couldn't write stuff like that. And Roman Abramovich obviously made the right choice in his mind in picking Jose, the special one. Um, so after inspiring Chelsea to their first league championship in 50 years, in 2004-05, second season, uh, but he wasn't done there. The Portuguese had a Roman Abramovich checkbook out once again in the summer of 2005, making the signings that would see his team secure back-to-back Premier League titles. And he only spent... £55 million in his second season. Uh, and no one would help secure a legacy as much as this man. Uh, not Scott Sinclair, who came in, because obviously that didn't really go as well as he would have hoped. But um, a one defensive midfielder in Mikel Essien come a, come, come a, come a sign in for £24 million. Again, Man United were linked with him. Didn't get him. Again, this is the Peter Kenyon effect. Yeah, you know, sliding doors moment. I think if he comes to United and not to Chelsea, I think history might have been slightly different because... Keane was having trouble, having trouble at this stage. United went on to spend £30 million that season. In January, we brought in Vidic and Evra, Van der Sar, Foster and Park. And obviously what we didn't know then, which we do now go well, to see. Let me stop you there. That's some signing as well. I, yeah, know we talk about, I know we talk about Chelsea bringing in players, but if you just rattled off them five names there, yeah, they're, they're, they're no mugs, mate. Yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, that is that is five quality quality players that you've just rattled off there. So we were we were making inroads, and as a United fan at the time, I remember watching Chelsea and just thinking they just look miles ahead. They look, they just look miles ahead. And then we brought these players in, and although they they took a, a half a season to settle, what we didn't know is this was the team that would go on to to form, arguably in my opinion, the greatest Man United period of 
football we ever had. But, you know, Arsenal spent big that season. 50 million uh, on uh, Leb, Fia Walcott, Adebayor, Song, Diaby. So that they, they were going out to challenge that season. And obviously, but they were the pool of players we're looking from. If you look at all those names, not what, maybe Van der Sar, you would say, from Fulham was an international who everyone knew was a world-class player. But Scott Sinclair was, was decent. Essien, no one knew of him, really. Hleb, Theo Walker was potential. Adebayor, Song. They were all players that you didn't really know much about. You know, they weren't like yeah. big signings for anyone. And Chelsea went 18 points clear at one point that season. And they clinched the title by beating Man United um, 3-0. And the team was a machine. It was like watching, you know, people talk about Pep's like clogs and a machine type. Chelsea were a machine the way they played. I just find it very mechanical. Um, they were knocked out by Barcelona that year in the Champions League, but all was going well for Chelsea. But just the Champions League kept causing them trouble. What do you remember about that season as an Arsenal fan watching Chelsea? And again, any highlights or moments from that that period? They they also signed Shaw Wright Phillips that year. Oh, they for did, 20, yeah. For, for 21 million. That's right. Yeah, you're right. From, yeah, from Manchester City, which would transfers like that wouldn't. I mean, saying that Kovacic went this season between the two, but it's not something like that because yeah. Sean Wright Phillips at that time was a star for them, wasn't he? So was. Um, so it's not the Man City we know of today. I remember a lot of Chelsea's. Like you said you mentioned Chelsea Barcelona. They had some class class games with with Barcelona in the Champions League. I think Ronaldinho yeah. scored that you know, that flick between the between the defenders, wasn't it? Yeah. After the final whistle, we might hear more of this from UEFA. The disappointment, the despair is turning ugly. And we'll stay with these pictures because they are part of the story, not a seemly part of it. And uh, the kick man there trying to stop Drogba getting himself into further trouble. It is now time. Um, but they're, but they I'll take that. I, I remember that period, but them games, I was excited for them games as a neutral. I yeah. never, I never liked Chelsea. I've got to be honest. A lot of my friends are Chelsea fans, and I used to work with them. And when it was an Arsenal Chelsea rival, you know, like in that sort of period, they used to give me dogs abuse. So I, I was outnumbered. So I just don't like them. Anyway, that's for that's just for a football banter and sort of sort of thing. But um, yeah, no, I remember their Champions League games against Barcelona, the, the first second legs. They were they were exciting. They were it was on ITV yeah. at the time. Yeah. Um, it, they were fantastic. They were close games. So Barcelona were, were an unbelievable side there as well, and Chelsea held their own with them. So that yeah, so I, I remember something. I remember Arsenal falling away. You, you, you're talking to United and Chelsea that were then starting to to, to rival, and Arsenal were slipping down the pecking order. Uh, the, there was the move to the new stadium at that, at that time, and we didn't have money. And although they, no one would come out and say it. Arsenal didn't have any money, and Wenger was, uh, you know, you, you rattled off the five players there that United, Chelsea signed. Chelsea were just adding a couple of extras to what they already had. By the way, they've yeah. got they've got a team of world class players already, and then they bring in Essien, who was world class, and Sean Wright Phillips was was a was a good prospect at the time, um, and he was a starlet for Manchester City. So they were just just he didn't have to go out and splash on many. He just just he just had, had a few additions. Them five players you rattled off compared to Arsenal's. Ali Bayor was good. Pleb, he's not going to go down as a great. He had moments, but we're not. We're not. We're not in the in the hunt for the for the trophies anymore. When when we can't we can't compete. The thing with Chelsea now is you've got John Terry who's becoming a leader in in so many ways. Frank Lampard becoming one of the best midfielders in world football. You've got Drogba who would just need one chance, but would get you 25, 30 goals a season. You had Czech, who was just a phenomenal goalkeeper. But what I did like, and I, I we've always done this, I think. I think Arsenal, the exception, I'm not having a, a dig at Arsenal. Take the, the the back five out of it, of Arsenal. When he went on to build further on, he never had that that, that surround of English players around the team. No. Um, and I think Jose was very good at identifying that kind of having Premier League players and English players in the team. You know, Joe Cole, Glenn Johnson, Ashley Cole later on, John Terry, Frank Lampard. You know, British in terms of Damien Duff. He, he would make the spine out of them, wouldn't he? He, was very he would make the spine out of them. And it's easy when you've got John Terry and Lampard, half his spine's kind of secured for you. But yeah. I mean, got them playing. Like no one saw the level of what, what, what Lampard went on to go and do without Jose Mourinho. Jose Mourinho moulded him into such a, 
a player again is that a robotic kind of it was just very simple but they were so methodical and so as i said machine like that you the way you got these team playing and it was and you did feel like that Chelsea team would die, die on the pitch for him. And you don't. I know United have a, a, a lots of players. Like Keane, you could you could argue that, and some of the players in that period. But you, I actually, you could actually feel like if there was a war tomorrow and Jose had his first eleven, he's being protected as that, as that general. They would all put their life on the line. That sounds mad, but he had this hypnotic spell over, it. and he had it at Porto as well. He just had players wanting to play for Jose. And did yeah. not want to disappoint him, and I just found that the way he uh, built a back line that John Terry, in particularly like or hate William Gallas as, as well, centre back pairing, just phenomenal. Like every player he signed, it wasn't a case of hit and miss. I mean, look at Pep Guardiola with his signings again at the first couple of seasons, very hit and miss, and he would go right, he's out, next player in. Chelsea didn't really do that. They kind of got their signings, as I said, when Drogba, Carvalho. Um, uh, obviously Robin, you say Kesman, but Kesman was an up and coming, but he still stayed there for a, a couple of years. It's only that the drug issue became his problem. No, that was that was Muta. Uh, Muta. So what's Kesman done? Was he just flop, he just flopped, didn't he? Kesman. He, he was he was banging goals. He was banging goals for a PSV, I think he was at, yeah. and they brought him in. Like I say, I signed him on Championship Manager. He was a goal machine on that. Yeah, um, and he came and he just didn't do it. But then Chelsea's always struggled to get a number nine, haven't they? They've, they've got a curse of a number nine, haven't they? And that, that, I, think, I think that was him as well. He was, he was part of that. Agreed. No, I think that's a, a very good point. But that's what he did. He just made people play. And he was very liked by the media, which was, was his cockiness. And obviously him and Wenger had some great touchline bags. Him and Joe, Jose and Fergie never really got into it. I think because Fergie knew at that time, United weren't ready to push. And it, I, I am a bit disappointed because when Fergie's team became what they became. Josie had left by that stage. Uh, the things that you have said about Arsene Wenger and about the things that Arsene Wenger has said about you, uh, what is your reaction? My, my reaction is that uh, um, it's obvious that my words were strong words, but it's also obvious that we have a file of 120 pages about quotes from Mr. Wenger in relation to Chelsea Football Club and to our work, and I think is enough. My, strong, my words are, are strong enough to be the last words, but 120 pages in a file is also enough. So I think it's time to, it's time to, to stop. But if he wants to carry on on comments about us, other strong words will arrive. Does it concern you that he's talking about taking action? Which action? Reporting you to, I don't know, to the, the FA, maybe to legal action. action he wants. Maybe he wants to explain uh, that words about uh, no moral leadership. Maybe he wants to explain to every Chelsea supporter. So for me, is enough. But if he wants to carry on. But then I it became Roman wanted to, to, look to be involved a bit more. Because all those signs we said weren't really the big elite players in Europe who wanted to, to come. You know, he he he. he he wanted names that he knew. He wanted to play championship manager. But at this stage, Peter Kenyon and people around him got him to build a squad that then you could start bringing these world-class players into. Yeah. Um, so I, it, from that aspect, again, it was it was big, big, well run at this stage. It looked like they, they'd they hit the nail on the head. They got the backroom situation, the scouting situation, new training ground. They started coming together really as a force. But there was a notable change to come in 2006 through the Blues, bringing in some major names from across Europe. Uh, and this was the, the, the again these signings, um, sixty six million they spent on these players, right? This is in sixty six million pounds at the yeah. time. You're bulking at these fees, and now looking back, you're like, wow. And you're thinking, well, in ten more years, what are fees going to be in 10, 15 more years when you're looking at the inflation from now? So yeah. they had a few freebies in here, but Michael Balak, Simone Kalou, uh, Obi Mikel, as I said, the two big signings that came for me that were big game changers here again were Ashley Cohen, Andrei Shevchenko. Now, yeah. we know that uh, he had wanted Shevchenko for a couple of years and they held off with Drogba being there. And he came in. I mean, do you want to talk about Shevchenko, what he did before and then what he did at Chelsea? It was chalk and cheese. It was absolute chalk and cheese. We've spoken about Shevchenko last uh, last week in Milan. He was an absolute goal machine. He was a goal machine at Dynamo Kiev when he was partnered up with Rebrov. Remember him? He and he one went to one went to bloody AC Milan and the other one went to Spurs. So... <laughs> You know, difference in difference in careers, difference. But 
he was um he was an absolute goal machine and paying 30 million for him no one would no one would really bat an eyelid because everyone seen what he was like in 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 Italy he was banging goals for fun there was there was no doubt he was going to come to the Premier League and do the same thing yeah and, um how wrong were we because he just could not get going I actually I've got a funny story I actually seen seen him uh, this just summed up his career I was um down near Ells Court sort of way driving over my van when I was on the tools back then. And I see a Bentley broke down in the middle of the road. And mm-hmm. as I drove past, it was it was Shevchenko standing there. Everyone was bibbing him, ah, you know, giving him some shit. You know, like, I mean, how's the man's luck? He can't hit a barn door for Chelsea. He's broke down in bloody Earl's court in a, in a Bentley or whatever. It's a Rolls Royce, a really, really nice supercar. And he's just getting, he's just, yeah, he, I bet he couldn't wait to leave London. Poor fella. Well, I mean, he played forty-eight games and scored nine goals. Prior to that, he was he was one one every two games. Everywhere he'd gone, it's like one in two, more or less, and yeah. it, it just didn't work out for him. But it was hard because I came in and Jose never wanted him. I think that was quite clear. Drogba was Drogba, so like, and Shevchenko wasn't going to work. Drogba couldn't work in a two. Drogba was an up top, he could, could do it all, and he made it very difficult. But that season. You know, well, let's talk about Ashley Cole moving. Let's just go before we move on to that season. Ashley Cole going from Arsenal to to Chelsea. Obviously, we know the story in terms of the offer he was made in the car and he swerved his car and all the shit like that. Yeah, um, it was that was heartbreaking. Ashley Cole and Ashley Cole didn't want that. I mean, he went, but this was this was Arsenal typical Arsenal. They always been useless at, at contract negotiations. They let co- contracts run down to the last year and then get absolutely bumped. Like Van Persie going to you. Uh, Nasri going to to Man City. This was just a common common thing, and it was the same thing with Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole was one of the best left backs ever. The well, best left back England have ever produced. He was yeah. he was world world class. And if you look five million, and I know Gallas came the other way, but still, um, not for oh, they, that is one of the biggest losses that, we, we, that Arsenal faced, and that 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 went with our with our downfall as well. I don't blame him for going. He can make an absolute fortune. Chelsea were on the up at the time. But Arsenal, it was like a five grand rise or something which they tried to give him. And he yeah. was world class. So I don't blame him for going. You know, a lot of Arsenal fans were being, but why would you? You know, he went, he probably went there and double, I don't know what wages he went on, but I can guarantee it was a lot more Arsenal were offering. Um, but he was a massive, massive loss. Now, like you said about Arsenal's back four, Wenger inherited Arsenal's back four and he never really replaced them. Ashley Cole came through the ranks and he was unbelievable. You could have, he could have been an Arsenal captain. He, he could have built a team like what they done around John Terry. Yeah, you could have built a team around Ashley Cole. He could have been Mister Arsenal, but the, the, yeah, the wages that he offered him were ridiculous. They should have broke the bank to to get. Him. And I understand at the time, I know they never let me get. I touched on it earlier. We didn't have the money, but there was other players there that you could have moved on. That you should have moved on to to fund Ashley Cole. Ashley Cole to the stay put. Given you know. He was world class, and that was a massive loss. Chelsea must have been rubbing their hands five million for him. Well, for me, that's the, that 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 window is like all of a sudden you've got a team of Peter checking goal with Carlo Cudicini was uh, as a number two was unbelievable. Um, you know he's a fantastic goalkeeper. You had Ashley Cole at left back, then you had uh, Carvalho and John Terry with Paolo for a right back. You had a choice of, I mean, Michael Ballack, Joel Cole, Lassenara Dorara, who went on to play at Diara, who went to play with Real Madrid. Essien, Lampard. Manchester for Arsenal first. He yeah, went to Arsenal first, then he went on to Real Madrid. John yeah, o- Arsenal, Portsmouth, then Real Madrid. That's it. Yeah, like. that's, yeah, that's right. And Sean Wright-Phillips. Uh, up front, Drogba, Kalou, Robin, Shevchenko. I mean, that's unbel- that, that's, that team is... The depth in that team was unbelievable. What was amazing is they never won the league that season. But fucking hell, were they close to a treble again. First season, close to a treble. Second season, they won the league. Third season, they were literally in up until April. The trouble went when you think about the trouble being spoken about the last couple of seasons with the Liverpool Man City, it was spoken about like most seasons it seemed to be spoken about. But prior to United winning it, there does I don't remember much of it being spoken about publicly in terms of media mm. about the treble, the treble. And it wasn't spoken about much at the time here. But when you look back, they were up until April. They were up for the quadruple. They'd already won the League Cup by beating your mob 2-1 in the last of the English Cup final at the Millennium Stadium. They beat United 1-0 in the first in the first FA Cup final at the new Wembley Stadium. Just a little stat fact there. Chelsea were also the last team to win it at the old Wembley. Interesting. Chelsea were the last uh, sorry, um, they reached the semi-finals of the Champions League, only to be knocked out again by Liverpool in a penalty shootout, one kick away from going on to, to a final. 
And this is where it gets silly. He lost the league, but nearly wins it all. And then Roman and him fall out over the summer for the following season because Roman did not back him. And I know he wanted to sign some odd players like Anelka, Benahim, um, Pizarro, Muta, and a few freebies. With some, they, they almost went, right, we, 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 we got really close. You didn't win the league. Uh, and then he went, right, well, you're not, the, 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 the checkbook's closed for you now. So you can have some freebies. Like Ben Haim come in from Bolton, I think it was, and Anelka. Yeah. And it was like, what? And I understand that you, you've spent a lot of money to get there. But when you're that close and then you go, yeah, eh, you, you, the players you want no more and I'm not giving you the money for them anymore. You you win what you got. Do you remember? Oh, that's just crazy. Look, let me just go back to something you just said there about the League Cup. Jose Mourinho always went all out to win that League Cup. Now, I know when like they use teams usually rotate their squad, and Chelsea had a squad where that if you look rotated, it's probably a first team. But you know what? Pep does the same now. Yeah. You no, know, but it was a phase where the League Cup it was just put your youngsters out, and you didn't really you, if you get there, and then they'll change it on the final or semi final, put a few bigger players in and try and win it because you're there. But the early early rounds, it, but Chelsea Mourinho always took that seriously. He always to add. And as you said, and this goes to show right his willing mentality, regardless of what people think of it, it's a trophy. Now you look at top. We spoke about this before. I'm sure you said it. That or it might have been Dave Graham. Why are these other teams like your Newcastle's, your Everton's, your Tottenham's, and that don't go all out to win it? They they rotate like the big teams do. Mm. But Mourinho never did. Mourinho was quite happy to win that, and he'd and he'd parade that as well. Um, and Pep does the same. Pep, you know, I think they lost. I can't remember something, but they won four out of the last five or something of them yeah. in recent times. Do you know what Fergie did it? Fergie did, and you're absolutely right. Chelsea was. Jose came in was like get that one under your belt and and that was the mentality and United did it in uh, when we I think that Vinic era he won the League Cup and he never took it seriously prior to this kind of game he always and finally we'll take it if we got there but the kids always came out and it was the first season he was playing a stronger team in it and I and, and Pep did it it's a great it's a springboard some teams if you're like a Wigan or a, 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 a West Ham, I can understand how you win that trophy and all of a sudden you've got a long way to go, but your form dips off because you won a trophy and it changes. So maybe, but you still want to win a trophy at the end of the season. That's the, the number one factor. But you're right. The League Cup was was his pitchfork to go, right, we win that. Let's go get another one. It was that taste of success. And he, I think, as you're absolutely right, Made, and I said, I think on a podcast previously that I felt the F, the, the League Cup was a better competition than the FA Cup, and everyone poo pooed the idea of it. But I said, well, the League Cup, everyone pits out their reserves at the beginning, but come like the last like couple of teams, everyone then tries to win it, and it's still got the two leg affair, which I still love, and it's still a, a big game, and, and it's halfway through the season when you can win that and crack on for the rest of it. When United done it last season, we won that. I thought, right, that's a springboard now, and then our form kind of massively dipped off. So you're right, they did win that. And that was a, they, they beat Arsenal in that. And I think that was the catalyst for their season. Arsenal kind of capitulated after, they looked at the results after that League Cup final and, and your season kind of towed off again from there. The following season, there was obviously fallout between Jose and, and, and Roman, which you've spoken about. There was obviously a crossroads of, I don't know what it was. He wanted to sign certain players. He's obviously said no. And then Jose, as we know him, gone on to see, will, will, doesn't, doesn't fret anyone and will publicly say things, doesn't give a shit. And I think that's right. If he said, well, hold on, I want to sign this player and you've given me Ben Ahim. I want to sign this player and you've given me an, an agent, an Elka, on freebies. Then I think he's got a right to be aggrieved because he could see how close he was when being dominating. They were dominating enough as it was, but to really go and dominate. United at this stage were starting to come into their own golden period. So Chelsea won three, drew two and lost one of their first opening six Premier League games of the 2007-8 season. Uh, which was for them was a poor start. Three wins, two draws, and a loss. You know, Chelsea, as I said earlier on, they were starting the season strong and the middle and the end. They they had a strong season throughout. So you can tell, and the rumours started coming. His last league game under Jose Marino was a nil-nil draw of Blackburn Rovers on the 15th of September, 2007. And on the 20th of September, Marino left Chelsea by mutual, mutual consent. Wasn't sacked. They obviously had a meeting to kind of keep face for an indifferent period, shortly afterwards, uh, they appointed Avram Grant, who had been appointed Chelsea's director of football on the 8th of July and was announced as a Mourinho successor, bringing the end to Mourinho's last game of his first Chelsea run, ending in the 1-1 draw with Rosenberg in the Champions League on September 18th. And obviously the rest is history. So, yeah, it, it, the fairy tale beginning, the dominance. And when he went, as a United fan, I was like, oh, yes, you know, get him gone. Because you can tell he was a difference maker. Adam Grant wasn't. 
No, that from Grant won't. And this this is where I think it starts with Abramovich because if he if you can get rid of Mourinho and not and not be bothered, then yeah. you, you can get rid of anyone. No one's safe. And uh, and, and as you know, if we find that out because he goes through managers, how can you get rid of a manager like that? It, you, you know, you really it, it was it's amazing. And then he goes on to it, did he go straight from Inter Milan then didn't he? Did he uh, Chelsea go to Inter Milan? I'm sure he did. Inter Milan and then to Real Madrid, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, so he went through and won Champions League with them. Yep. So the proof's in the pudding there. Absolutely. Um, and then, yeah, Avram. Ka- Sorry, mate. What other managers that came in? Because they started, They uh, Chelsea, not only did they open the door to spend their money, they opened the door to this uh, new culture of chopping and changing managers every 18 months almost. So, that, well, yes. So Avram Grant come in. He was, he was a caretaker manager, wasn't he? Yeah, friends of Roman. Friend of Roman. He came in. They got to the Champions League final with him, but didn't win it. Yeah, thank God. <laughs> oh no! And then, um, and he he went uh, for a permanent manager, Phil Scolari. We've mentioned Phil Scolari before, haven't we? Yeah. So in two two thousand nine, Phil Scolari comes in, um, and he spends a bit. Of, he he gets a few signings. So he brought in Jose Boswinger, who was at Porto. Porto was had a good squad, a good team around that time as well. Like you say, they won the Europa, they won the Europa Cup, and and the Champions League that year, so they had good players. Um, they bought in Deco for eight million. Uh, Ricardo Cresma didn't really—he was on loan, but they didn't really—he didn't really do it for Chelsea. But he was good wherever else he went. He, he was supposed to. Well, yeah, he was supposed again. We not were linked with him because the Portugal Ronaldo thing, and we were linked with him from um, from uh, what was it was Sporting at the time. I think he signed from, didn't he? I believe it for right. Yeah. And he was seen as the next wonder kid. And when they yeah. signed, oh, I want to sign him. But again, you're right; it didn't really work out, and he kind of. Petered out a little bit with himself. They signed. They also signed a uh, Minero from Hertha Berlin for free. I don't know who he is. I've never, never no. heard of him. Um, didn't he? He was only there seven months. Galari. He was a disaster. It was. It was a disaster. He he just come off uh, World Cup. He was a World Cup winning manager of Brazil, wasn't he? Yeah. You know, we 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 don't really want to say it too too tongue in cheek, but he's managing Brazil. Yeah, and we said before, sometimes there's managers that are good at club football, and some managers that are international. And he was an international; he's an international manager. Yeah, and exactly. It- you only see you only see the players a couple of months a year. You're not yeah. with them every day. You can so yeah, it just didn't work out at all. Not saying he was a bad manager. It was just maybe just it was just too much at that at that time. Yeah, who came um, in next after that then? So yeah, another caretaker for the time. It was Gus Hiddink. He did he done that a few times for him, didn't he? Yeah, he was he, he, yeah. he was the Russian. He was the Russian international manager, wasn't he? A couple of times, I believe. <laughs> right. So uh, he was obviously had a relationship with Abramovich. So he, he came in and steadied the ship a few a few times. Yes, I remember that. Um, and he steadied the ship for Carlo Ancelotti. Ah, yes. I mean, so Carlo Ancelotti came in uh, first know. season, wins the league and wins the FA Cup. Yep. Which, which is again, this happened a lot with Chelsea managers. They they came in. You you said it last week, or you you you've mentioned it before. They came in and made an impact. Now, you're, are you making another prediction on? Um, oh, you've already done it because I posted it on the Twitter. Yeah, you, you've please please reiterate to the Chelsea fans. Hopefully, we'll get a few listening to this. You believe they're going to win the league this year? Yeah, I think so. I, I just I, I think it's. Uh, I don't know, but I don't know if you're only based. Sorry, to just cut in there. You're basing this just on on the fact that the previous managers have come in and done it first season because. I think so. I think it's based on a few things. I think you, 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 the annoying thing with Chelsea is that we've always learned about stability. Arsenal, Man United was about stability. Keep your manager, building. But fucking Chelsea, they would just change the manager and win the league. Change the manager, win the league. Didn't win the league. Okay, sacked. Next manager, win the league. And he did it. And that's why you can't argue with he start what he did. But he changed the whole... Because then all of a sudden, every club are doing the same thing. Right, we haven't finished in the top five this season or top seven. You're out, next one in. It doesn't always work. It works when you've got a structure behind you and Chelsea's structure for what it was worth behind in behind the scenes in Kenya at the time, other people at sporting directors and how they work things was a very coherent, coherent unit. And the players as a spine were very much the same. Drogba, Lampard, Czech, Terry, Ashley Cole, you know, they are players there that w- were managing the team on the, on the field almost. And I mentioned this with, with Pochettino. I said, look, he's gone away and won the league in PSG with PSG. He's coming into a squad and he's brought in a lot of players and he's he's shaped the squad quite quickly. If you look at how many ins and outs he's got, they've shaped the squad quite quickly of who I think he wants to see in his team. Their squad depth is unbelievable. Unbelievable squad depth. And they're not done yet. They've still got one or two more players to come in. Players seem to like Pochettino wherever he's gone. He, and he has a um, 
a magnetism, magnetism towards him with players and how he works with players. And I think players will want to play for him. And I think you don't win it in your first season at Chelsea. We know how it goes. So I think, yeah, I, I do think Chelsea will be title winners this season. I don't see Man City doing four in a row. Just I, I, I'd be shocked if they did four in a row. Arsenal, I don't think have the still don't have the depth personally. And United will improve this season, but we won't be winning the league this season. So I think it's going to be Chelsea versus uh, City. Uh, Liverpool, yeah, don't know about Liverpool, but Chelsea, I think will finish. Chelsea finish in the top two, and I, I would go all out and say they're going to finish first. But anyway, who... statement again, but again, you've cocked <laughs> up most of your predictions, so no one's really exactly. Take so uh, watch out for Liverpool to win the league. Um, <laughs> yeah, it'll be Leicester. <laughs> who, who was after Ancelotti? Did he win? So he won it the first season, but he didn't. So, the second... uh, yeah, Ancelotti won it the first season, FA Cup, League double, and then he was sacked in his second season because uh, he finished second. And he um he finished second, and he didn't win a trophy. Goner. And then and then so, was it um was it the guy? Then, uh, was Villas Boas next? Yes, Villas Boas was next. Um, and then Jose. He was another, it was Jose's. Jose was uh, Bobby Robson's uh, interpreter, wasn't he? Yeah. Um. So he, he's come from good stock at Barcelona. Villas Boas was the, the assistant to Jose at Porto. Yes, yeah. He so he took over Porto when Jose left, and I, I don't know what trophy, but he won trophies. I can't tell you off the top of my head what he won. Won the UEFA Cup. Oh, he won the UEFA Cup. Yeah. yeah. Um. And again, Chelsea, bang. Right, he's the next Jose. Let's get him in. He comes in. He's an absolute disaster. <laughs> he was he was that good. He ended up at Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> so, do you know what he does now? He's a race car. I'm sure I read he's a race car driver. Is he? Yeah, he races rally cars now. I'm 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 literally percent sure he, he races rally cars. Now. He retired. He went to back to Russia and done some stuff there, and then he went right. I'm done and retired. And that's going, that, that'll be on the Twitter later on. That'll be on the Twitter. See if I can find that and, and post that out. Um, yeah. So he he was there for nine months and then he was gone to be replaced by interim manager Roberto Di Matteo. Now oh. Chelsea fans will know what happens next. Yeah. They finally hit the holy grail. With him as as uh, interim manager, they win the Champions League. Everything that Roman Abramovich has shelled out absolute fortunes for has been achieved, and it's been achieved by by the most unlikely of sources. <gasps> he, he was he was a, a legendary player for them he, yeah. at, at the time. He scored the fastest goal in the FA Cup final. He's um yeah goes down as one of their greats, and then he comes in steady the ship. I mean, Frank Lampard must be thinking that's what he was going to come and do. Didn't quite work out that way. <laughs> but um, comes in, wins the Champions League. Then they take him on as the permanent manager. Which lost to November. It's a massive mistake because we all know that team, that, that Champions League winning team. I know you've got to do your job, blah, blah, blah. But the players won that. You know, it's, the, the players won that. They managed that game. Di Matteo, I think, just turned out a cup of tea on the side. And Lampard, Terry, Drop and, and Czech just said, right, we're doing this for training. You have a cup of tea on the side. And, and, and you know, there's no... He should not have stayed. But you can't sack someone when they won it because that... that well, you can because it's Roman. But you've got to think more, give him a crack. But that was a massive mistake. He was he was useless. It worked. It works for them. And, it, and do you know what? I'd go as far as to say it's probably the only club that it would work for. Because you see if Man United and Arsenal started trying to do that, it would, oh, it would fail yeah. miserably. Yeah, it really, really would. But he, yeah. he set the blueprint at Chelsea, and it's very hard to criticise him to say that it's not the right thing when the proof is in the pudding. Yeah, he has gone. He has gone on to. He's gone on to do this, and he, and he's and he's done it consistently and regularly. And it's like you said there. It, very rarely they come in and don't and and don't win something straight off the bat. It, it it's it's there in writing. It's happened. Yeah. So it, it, I can. It, yeah. It's it's a it's a weird one because it's, it's it's totally against what every what it should be. Yeah. And they said that that was the culture they they began that culture and they changed and that was the culture they they created and good or bad but you, it, it worked and it, that was the most frustrating because it shouldn't work as we said it shouldn't work as you said if United did it if if Arsenal did it even if City did it at that stage it wouldn't have worked now football's changed so now you are in a job for 12, 18 months and it does work because football's changed in terms of the structure behind the technical director, the football, you know, and that's what Chelsea did very well. They kept a, a core um, team at the top and they had a core in their team that played on the pitch. Once Lampard and, Je and those players started to evaporate, 
then all of a sudden it, it did become a little bit more difficult because you didn't have your 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 backbones arrest on the new backbone took a bit more time but either way you know but you knew you was getting at Chelsea you was getting a massive payday to turn up and work for 18 months win a league and then you can doss off on the second but that's what 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 makes Chelsea's achievement or Jose's achievement even better is that he won it back to back and I don't think any other Chelsea team's done that since but that's the Chelsea era of the uh, early 2000s. I think they brought many memories, some great times. The league, the quality of the league went up when Jose came in. The style of football changed. And I think the legacy of Chelsea will always be written. Your name, please. My name's David Holland. Welcome. Your specialist topic subject is football. Are we ready, David? Yes. Question one: Galatasaray eliminated Man United from the Champions League in the second round of the '93 '94 campaign. Campaign. Can you remember which League of Ireland club the Turkish Giants defeated three-one? Was it Shelbourne, Dundalk, or Cork City? Dundalk. Incorrect. Cork City. Next question. Who are the only teams to defeat eventual winners Denmark at the 92 European Championships? France, Sweden or England? Uh, France. Incorrect. Sweden. Do you recall which club caused a major upset by defeating Celtic in the final to win the 94-95 Scottish League Cup? Inverness, uh, Rangers or Rafe Rovers? Inverness. Incorrect. Rafe Rovers. Next question. In 1997, the UEFA Cup final was played over two legs for the last time. It was won via penalty shootout at the San Siro. Which team? Ajax, Inter Milan or Schalke? Ajax. Incorrect. It was Schalke. Next question. The three amigos all broke into the island ahead of the 94 World Cup, but which one of them had the first senior outing for Ireland in David O'Leary's testimonial match against Hungary? Phil Babb, Gary Kelly or Jason McAteer? Jason McAteer. Incorrect. Phil Babb. Next question. <laughs> which of these ventures did not host an FA Cup semi-final in the 90s? I've started, so I'll finish. White Hart Lane, Highbury or Main Road? White Hart Lane. Correct. You've got one. Woo! <laughs> You said that football was my specialist subject. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not. <laughs> You've got um, one out of six in the, the minute of time. Nice. Right, guys, that's it. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, any questions, you know what to do. Hit us up on Twitter, doing bits on there still. Send us an email at thephoenix5show at gmail.com. Apart from that, we will all hopefully uh, hear from you or you'll hear from us next week. Dave, have a lovely weekend and uh, good luck with your shed. Take care, mate. Thanks very much. Network.